Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, families and friends from all over the world, in Jamaica, Texas, um, all over the world, wherever you are. We are pleased to come back to you today um, for another Real Talk conversation. And today, we're just real excited because today we're going to have the first family of four um, you know, on the program. So we're very excited. Uh, one of the goals of this program is to just to um, talk about um, family life. And, you know, we know that we are going through a period where families are spending a lot more time together. So one of the um, things that we want to do in the program is just to just to celebrate families and just to talk about stories, you know, that, you know, just to share your stories of, you know, so the world could, you know, see and enjoy what a blessing it is to have um, a great family. So my name is Ian Weekly, and we got Ian Thomas. Um, he's gonna be the co-host today. And we just, as I said, so excited and delighted to have um, another episode of Real Talk with Ian and Ian. So we're gonna hand it over to Mr. Ian Thomas just to officially to welcome you guys to the program. Yes, good afternoon, as we say to all our viewers who are watching. You know, we know it's been a few weeks that we've been going on with this program and from week to week, uh, we have you guys coming on here, watching and sharing the program. But tonight, or this afternoon, I'm just so excited to have um, the Biles family here with us um, this afternoon. A family that is full of dynamic in terms of, I, I listen to Ian, we have athletes, we have business personnel, you know, it's, it's a family that have a life experience that we all can learn from. And, and as we here just sit and talk with the family, we just hope that you guys will learn and be able to take away something positive from this afternoon um, interview with the Bias family. So I just want to say welcome to the platform, Ian and Ian, to the Bias family. We are happy to have you guys. So welcome to the platform. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Ian and Ian. Appreciate you having us on. All right. All right, guys. So we're going to get right to the right into the program. And I'm going to start out with the man of the day, Mr. Errol Biles. I just want to start out with you because um, I have the privilege. Guys, I just want to say that I have the privilege to race Errol Biles many years ago. We're not going to go too much into into the old guys, you know, history of, of, of it. But I just want you guys to know a little bit about Errol Biles. Basically, um, just his background because he has a um, a historically background, like you know, a lot of you guys didn't know of that. He was also trained by um, Mr. Um, legendary coach Glenn Mills, who you know was the coach of Usain Bolt, you know, one of the world's greatest athletes. So, Errol Biles, we're going to jump right into it. Just tell us a little bit about. What high school did you go to? And just tell us about what event did you do? And just give us a little history about your, your track and field career, you know, in the short version. All right, Ian. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. I don't know if we have enough time, but uh, yeah, I'll condense <laughs> But yeah, as Ian mentioned, uh, we raced uh, in high school. Ian was at Stetson Elizabeth Technical, and I was at Camperdown High School. Um, 
I went to Camperdown High School, uh, passing the, at that time, common entrance examination, and walked on to the track team. And I remember the first day we had practice, we ran about a mile from Camperdown to um, Mountain View Avenue. And I, I'm still to this day asking myself, why did I return back to track? So I, I felt so much pain that day. I couldn't even, I can't even explain the feeling that I felt when you come back and you ran a mile and a half for the first time as a and then did squats, did arm curls, did weights for the first time. I, I don't think I slept that night, but for some reason I returned and, um, you know, continued on that track and field journey. And I think a lot of the guys there is part of the reason why I feel such a camaraderie with the fellows there that you see working out every day just to make themselves better across the board. And so um, at that time, the coach was uh, Victor Thomas. He did a really good job motivating us. And he introduced me to hurdling at the time because I thought I was a sprinter, but he's, he was a hurdles technician and wanted me to try the hurdles. And uh, it was good, it was fun. My first year at Champs as a class three athlete, I was, um, First in the class three 100 meter, uh, almost on the line with uh, Calabar. Uh, can't remember his name right now. As a matter of fact, I think he passed away earlier in the year. Condolences to his family. Um, but it, it, it was a fun time, and uh, we went on to class two. First year class two, I got introduced. Well, actually in class three, I got introduced to Dane Edwards, who was the champion at the time in the 100, 200, and 400. And he was just a little beast, man. That guy uh, would want you to change your mind from running track. But I continued. We competed um, class three, class two, uh, class one. And Dane was always my main rival at the time. And of course, then I ran into Ian later on when he started running 400 meter hurdles. And I was like, man, now I have Dane in the 400. Now I have to deal with Ian from St. Elizabeth. Where are all these guys coming from out of the woodwork? So, but it was a lot of fun. Um, as a class two athlete, I made the curve the team uh, on the 17, ran the 400 and the 100 meter hurdles and got second behind Dane in the 400 hurdles representing Jamaica in the curve and I won the hurdles. And then under 20, I got first in the 110 hurdles, broke the record at the time with 1388 and then again got second um, in the 400 meter hurdles uh, by Mitchell Francis at the time. And so, uh, great opportunity representing the country for two times. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Never made the team as a senior, but uh, went to the 96 Olympic trials while in college and got really sick at the trials. And at that time decided to go into the business world uh, from that point. Uh, worked in the hotel industry after college, went to the University of Texas at Arlington. And then uh, after graduating in 1996, I went on to work in the hotel industry, started working with uh, La Quinta Hotels in 2000, worked with them for 17 years. And uh, was experience as a regional vice president for La Quinta. And then just to kind of take things uh, quickly, the 17 years left Lakinta in 2016 and decided that I wanted to spend more time with the family and work with the boys and help them to develop and kind of help them 
just to be around them a little bit more time and be a little bit more of a foundation and someone that they see on a regular basis. As a regional vice, regional vice president, I was traveling consistently um, throughout the year and uh, three, four times a week. Um, so it was, it was a little bit of a challenge just kind of being there for them. So wanted to come and give my wife Michelle a little bit more support and give the boys a little bit more foundation. And it kind of fast forward us now into them running track and just continuing on to that legacy. But I'll take a break for a second, Ian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll there for the introduction. No, you, you did, you're doing really good. You, you, you actually, um, you're making the interview going so fast that you already went through like five of my questions, you know, <laughs> I, you, know <laughs> you know, so that's good. We got more time for the boys, you know, the faster we go through it. So went to Camperdown, um, you know, you, you know, race against um, for Jamaica and the Carifta games. Um, so at the time, so you said um, Coach Mills wasn't coaching. It was, uh, it was um, Coach Thomas, right? Well, Coach Thomas started me off as a class three athlete, and then when I got to class two, Coach Mills took over, and I started working with him as a class two athlete, and worked with him for those first two years, and uh, his sprints, he uh, he wanted to find the best coaching opportunity for me, being as I was focusing a little bit more on the hurdles. So um, my second year class two, he said, Coach. Uh, Fitz Coleman, who is the specialist, he coached Hansel Parchment, who is a medalist for Jamaica. And so I worked with Coach uh, Coleman for uh, about two years throughout. So had a nice experience working with some of the best coaches, national coaches across the board. But Coach Mills and I continue to have a great relationship, um, talk fairly uh, regularly and uh, the boys have had the opportunity to meet and work with them um, over the last year and a half or so. So it's been uh, a very good uh, foundation and relationship for us. All right. All right. So guys, we're getting into Errol Biles, just giving you a little bit of history about um, his legacy in track and field in Jamaica. Um, you know, he went on to college at the University of Texas, Arlington. We want to ask him a few questions about his his, his college days, just to give us a little bit about um, how was the difference from coming from Jamaica. We know at the time, you know, a lot of athletes was migrating to the United States, and you know, obviously, um, you was ahead of me, and um, you know, I, you know, started um, the, my collegiate career in 1993. So, you know, actually it was in Texas also, but just tell us a little bit about what was the experience like? Cause we just want to share, I want you to share this with some of the younger athletes that, you know, what was the experience like leaving out of high school and come to a whole new country on a, a track scholarship? What was that experience like? Well, um, it was a great question, Ian. I, I remember the time when I was being recruited by uh, a number of universities. I chose the University of Texas in Arlington because um, a former teammate of mine had left in January of the previous year. So just knowing that I have someone that I'm familiar with in an environment I thought would be a good benefit for me, which was a great choice. And so that was the first step in being recruited. The second step is just making sure that you have the academic background to be able to transition from high school to a university 
Um, we had a lot of athletes go into junior college, which is good. But at the time, I was fortunate enough where I had seven subjects, seven CMC subjects, and I had the SAT qualifications to go directly to the University of Texas at Arlington. Uh, my first year, man, that, that was a big shock for me, I got to tell you, because coming from Jamaica, where we're all uh, black people, when I came here, to be quite honest, I couldn't tell who was black or who was white, because everyone seemed very light-skinned and then around the same, so it kinda, I kind of struggled identifying the African-Americans versus the Caucasians for the first few months, but I kind of settled in, got the heck of it, and, uh, you know... The, the, the experience here in Texas, a lot of people think that Texas is, is one of, is a tough state, but it was a really good experience. Everyone welcomed us, everyone treated us very well. And uh, as a matter of fact, my first year at the University of Texas, I pulled a hamstring, wasn't able to compete for a full year. The very first track meet I went to, I pulled my hamstring and was told, you're gonna be out for the rest of the year. Um, the worst and the best thing that the coach did for me was to say, hey, you're not going to run for the rest of the year. We're going to redshirt you and we're going to take care of you. And the worst thing that he did was he said, but you have to go to every track meet there is. You are not exempt from going to the track meet. You got to get on the bus. You got to come because we don't want you to lose that discipline and that focus of being at the meet. And so every meet I was sitting there in the stand just steaming going, oh, I have to beat that guy. I have to beat that guy. So it was a little... Once I was healed and was ready to compete again, I was back to training very quickly to get myself ready to go for the next year. So, it, you know, the, the, the coach, Monte Stratton at the time, I gotta give him credit to John Sawadee, because those guys, I've heard a lot of horror stories about people getting cut because they got injured or they got hurt. I, I think if you have the right attitude and you have the coach, communicating with the coaches and you're following what they ask of you, it's a contract. It's a contract between you and the university that you're going to run for them, you're going to represent them, and they're going to take care of you. And so if you get hurt on the job, job don't fire. Job takes care of you as long as you go through, go to training every day, go to the training room, make sure you're getting treatment, make sure you're following the steps, make sure you're following up. And do all those things, then nine times out of 10, I feel like they will take really good care of you to make sure that you get back to your health um, and be the best that you can. So started working back out in June and I won every conference championship meet after that for four years. I was very sure inside four full years. Went back, trained, worked out, came back and represented the school very well. I'm still ranked number three. Uh, on the boards at the University of Texas at Arlington and 400 meter hurdles. And uh, I'm very grateful for that opportunity and to be able to graduate with a Bachelor of Business Administration degree in 1996. That was a great achievement for me, knowing that I'm coming from Jamaica, coming from home where none of my family members that I can recall had graduated at the time with a degree. So it was, it was very good and uh, very encouraging for me to see that and how they treat people. So when I hear a lot of the stories about, you know what, if you get hurt, they're gonna cut you, they're gonna do this. There is more to that story than, than, than they're letting on. And so right. I, I, right. I hate every university, but I know you, University of Texas Arlington, take great care of me, and I'm very grateful for that. You cooling down here, you get extra hot out there? Yeah, yeah, I'm an NAPC, man. It's, it's hot <laughs> out there, out there, you know. But you know, for you guys, I, I, I'll do it a hundred times. 
All right, good, good. <laughs> All right. So before, before I got two more questions for you, Baz, and I'm going to give you a break. These are a very short question. Sure. What did you miss most about um, Jamaica when you went to Texas? Um, what I missed home was probably more of the food. And okay. um, the food and the, the, the climate. <laughs> Family, of course, you miss, but the food and the climate was the two things that I think I miss the most. But we uh, we improvised with the food because we cooked. There was five Jamaicans there, and we cooked every evening. We bought our groceries, and we cooked. We didn't eat fast food uh, like most did, and so that that we solved pretty easily. But the climate change was a big deal for us because come October, when the temperature starts to drop. Um, at 70 degrees, we thought it was cold until we hit 45 and 33 later on in November, December, when we really learned what cold was. And you had no choice but to go out there and practice. You still had to run each day. You had to show up and you had to give your best. And it wasn't just you out there, so you can't complain. You go, well, why am I out here? Hey, there's 60 other athletes out here and it's cold in their lane too. So you got to go run. So All right. that was the biggest thing that I missed was just the very nice Jamaican weather to be able to train in all year long and to be able to maximize your performance. But you figure it out, figure it out. All right, so before we get to Michelle, we're coming up with you next. So Ian gonna uh, start off with Michelle. I got one more question for Errol and then, um, then Ian will get into Michelle. I'm trying to get some more you know, detailed information about her just for us to know her a little bit more. Uh, Errol, so you graduated from University of Texas Arlington. Just for the record, what was your most memorable moment while you was in college? Um, you know, I know that in terms of graduating from college, your family was, um, you know, proud of you. That was a big thing. Um, you know, about on the track, what 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 can you say that you just something that you just always will remember while you while you on while you was in college? As I mentioned before, in my first year, I tore my hamstring um, at UTA. And yeah. I was a sprint hurdler who had the record at the hurdler games. I really mainly was recruited for sprint hurdling, but I could do the 400 hurdles. And that was the main thing that I ran for three, four years um, at UTA. They said, no sprinting, no, it's nothing explosive, just do the over distance. All I ran was the 400 hurdles and the 400, four by four every now and then. I didn't even run a sprint relay. And so that was a little bit disappointing for me. But the most memorable moment came when my last year, about two weeks before the conference championship meet, I said to the coach, I said, you know, I think I want to try to run the 110 hurdles. Um, and he goes, well, it's your last year, so go for it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, good. So I ran, I did a couple of drills over the hurdles that week. And then the week before conference, a couple more drills. and. He entered me in the 110 hurdles and in the heats, I was a little bit nervous and I was like, man, I haven't done this in about five years now since I've run sprint hurdles. And I got up and I was shocked after two hurdles that there was only one guy in front of me. And I'm like, what? I got this. And so I ran down and literally was, I got second in the heat. And I, that told me, I said, you know what? If I can run second in this heat, and I think I ran about 14, uh, 14.10 at the time, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go win this final tomorrow. 
And sure enough, the next day I got out there and I got out of that blocks, man, and it was it was incredible. And it was stiff competition. The the personal one was right there, and it was the last two hurdles before I finally just pulled away and got him on the line. I was like, yes, stuff. And it was memorable to me because everyone on the team knew that I didn't run the hurdles for four years, and I was doing it for the very first time. And it was incredible. It's like a fire was lit under everyone after that on the team. And there was no event that I think we lost after that. Everyone just rose to the challenge and won the 100, won the 200. Elson Carley was out there running. He saw the 100. He ran the 100, the 200, and he just crushed. I think he ran about 20.3 that day because uh, he was so excited after seeing me run that 110 hurdle. So that, I think, stands out to me as one of my most memorable uh, there in the so it was exciting. Thanks, thanks for asking. All right. Well, guys, I could talk to you. You know, I could talk to you for an hour. You know, but I'm gonna <laughs> we're gonna hold, we're gonna we're gonna give you a break. Um, you know, I, I'm we're gonna get back to you for you to tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now and what you have planned for the future in terms of your career and for your family. So I'm gonna hand it over to Ian um you know to um to just to learn some more about your wife um you know some questions about it and and i got a few for her but i'm gonna hand it over to ian right now okay mrs biles um it's really a pleasure to have you on here especially to have you guys as a family and my question you know is it's gonna be to tell us a little bit more about mrs biles but the most critical point I really want to learn about, because I'm the family guy here, and I, I love family. I love to see family togetherness, and, and especially a happy family. And you know, your husband would have left out a critical point, is that where you guys met. So I, <laughs> I, I would like you to just <laughs> to give us you know, a little insight of who is Mrs. Biles, Biles where you were born, or, Grow, where you grew up and then just lead us into how you guys met because without that uh, togetherness then there wouldn't be these two champion boy in the middle there you know so, <laughs> so. well thank you so I'm actually originally from Jamaica as well so I'm from Montego Bay um, I'm from Montego Bay so um, I was in Jamaica. We left, we moved from Jamaica when I was around four. Um, then did the typical Jamaican transition. We went to New York first, um, stayed there for a few years, and then um, moved to Texas when I was in elementary school. Um, my mom told me we were going on vacation. Um, we were going to go to Texas on vacation. So I didn't ask why. I was having to say bye to my friends, but this has been the longest vacation in history um, because we never left. So, but we had uh, more family down here, so which was the main reason why we made the transition down to Texas. Um, so, grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, went to college at the University of North Texas, and got a um, bachelor's in marketing from there. Um, while I was in college, I went to Jamaica. So I would go to Jamaica every summer. And this particular summer, 
when I went to Jamaica. When I got there, my aunt um, had come down from St. Elizabeth to pick me up from the airport. And so get there, she's talking to a gentleman who's waiting to pick up his son. So the son he was picking up was Elston Cole. And so Elston was on my flight. Um, they introduced us, we uh, introduced us when we were at KFC. And so we were like, hey, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. So then on the flight back, the following week, Elston was on that same flight. Um, so we talked on the flight and probably a month later, I hadn't talked to him that whole month, then talked to him, he was said, hey, I have this Microsoft um, Word disk and school was just starting. I needed Microsoft for my computer. So I said, okay, I'll come by and pick it up. So we go to his house to pick it up. We're talking, me, Elson, and a friend of his, and Errol calls while I'm there. And so Errol was actually on vacation visiting Texas at the time because he was living in Florida. Um, so they're like, hey, you should come with us. My friend Errol. And normally I'd be like, no, it's okay. But for some reason on this day in, what, October 16th of 1999, I said, sure, I'm, I'm not doing anything else the rest of the day. So we went um, and then I met Errol and the rest is history. <laughs> so <laughs> we ended up, he was here for a week. And so we ended up spending that entire week together. Um, I was living in Denton going to school. And so he was staying in Arlington. So every day I would make the drive to Arlington after class and come hang out with Errol, spend time with him while he was here for that week. And Unbeknownst to me, while he was here that week, he actually applied for a position with La Quinta Hotels. And so after he went back to Florida, probably a month after he came back, he was like, hey, I didn't tell you, but I applied for this job. And they're actually, I interviewed, they're offering me a position, but there are two properties that I need to choose from. So I'm like, great. Um, I'll go take a look at them for you and, you know, give you a I think you should pick. And so I did that. And then we spent, we would spend hours and hours on the phone. Errol doesn't remember this part, but we spent <laughs> two, three hours on the phone all the time. <laughs> so, and I was sending care packages. Now, back then, you know, of course in Florida, he had access to Jamaican products, but I was like, hey, we have a store here. So I would send him boxes of cocktail patties and banana chips and all the stuff he could get in Florida. But for some reason in my head, he couldn't get it and I could. So I would send him these little care packages. And then January of uh, 2000, he ended up moving back to Dallas and together ever since. All right. You know the question I'm going to ask, you know, what is it? about Errol, so now you gotta tell me, you know, I, I'm the guy, I tell you I'll dig into family, I, lo I love family story. So what it is about this guy that captivate you so much within one week? <laughs> that, you know. Yeah. So very first, it was his eyes. It's like- Wow. <laughs> they say that horny line that your eyes lock and you know, the whole room goes, but it's one thing where I still, to this day, I still remember the moment we met in our eyes. And so I would say that, but um, his personality, one thing with Errol is that 
he's a very giving person, but he's a very genuine person. And so when you meet him, he is someone that you can talk to about from the smallest thing to the largest thing. And he's gonna give you honest feedback. He's going to support you no matter what. And you know, he's just so caring and loving. You know, it's like, you know, another thing besides that is that his sense of humor. It's like no matter what's going on, we always find a way to laugh. Like he'll say something, I'll say something, and we can laugh. We could be in the worst situation possible, and he will find humor in it. And just he has an infectious laugh, and just the smile that comes across his face. And it's like that just makes everything so much better. It's like you just it gives you that sense of that recharge that you can. And may, may I ask how old were you at this time? Um, how old was I when I was when, 20, 21, 22, 22. Okay, so at, at that time, you know, I you know everybody would have had their their, their 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 dream husband, you know, as guys, we already have our dream wife, what our wife and our husband. And it should look like so basically you just right away you you spot your your your, your prince charm right away which, which is amazing I did. <laughs> I did i did i was very blessed very very blessed yeah uh, that, that, that that that's a very 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 fun loving story right there you know and and as i see um the product of both of you or the union of both of you coming together is two wonderful kids you know i really love the family bandage i just learned about you guys lately through ian but i've been you know sneaking in you know everybody wants you you, you get an insight into somebody we start looking at the facebook and i've i've looked at you guys and family you know i can see how much you guys are geared towards family and therefore i know your your kids are nowhere short of that um, love and affection, you know, they would have grown up around two people who were just deeply in love. And I just imagine in that home how much fun it is, you know, just having kids and growing up. So I don't want to get into that part as yet before we get the kids on board. So Ian, I'll, I'll let you take over again, but thanks for sharing, you know. No problem. All right, so guys, um, so, you know, just, laughing out loud by myself uh you know you know i just love these stories you know and before we move on i just want for the record i'm going to go right back to errol you know i want for the record you know for 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 him to say what what do you like most about your wife <laughs> you know what's 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 the best quality that you could say man um you know this year, and I could live with her. When you make that decision, that look, I could live with this lady forever. <laughs> when what qualities that most? You know, I know you got plenty of them. Just tell me, just you know, one that you could remember right now. No pressure. Uh, well, uh, the first one is uh, he, he is the so very easy to uh, to embrace and hold her every single day and um, then her personality her warmth her sense of humor as she mentioned uh, uh she used to tell me that she when she hears me laugh she was wondering if she could live with my laugh because it sounded something, 
And so I was like, well, if somebody can live with my laugh, then certainly they can deal with me for the rest of my life. So I'm very drawn to that. She is very warm, very family oriented, very caring, very loving, very giving. And, uh, you know, those are the things that, that you look for when you're uh, establishing a foundation, someone who is, is who, who shares those, those personalities and stuff. And so um, I remember she used to take me over to her grandmother's house and uh, just, just her interaction with her grandmother, um, her mother, her father, her siblings, just made me realize just, just how much of a caring uh, person that she is and if someone cares that much about their family like that then they're going to be the same way with me as we go forward and as we grow our kids that that's the type of personality that you want for them is someone who has a great warm caring forgiving sensitive um, fun loving personality someone who's not uptight get easily overreacted about things but can find humor in things to make things on life a little bit easier to deal with. There's a lot of stresses out there, but if you can find something to relax about or just to laugh about, to lighten the moment, not taking that, someone's not taking it too, not serious enough, then I think that makes a big difference. And I saw that in her, where there's a lot of times that there's a lot of things that she was discussing and they start laughing. She's like, what? And then she starts laughing and it just becomes such a relaxed, easier situation to deal with because can find some humor in it. That's the type of personality you want um, around you forever. So, so very happy to have found that in her. All right, boys. I think that um, we give you a hundred out of hundred. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, did real good, man. Um, so just just on the outside, just looking in, and I said, um, you know, I am very um. And it was a privilege just to, to, to be able to talk with you. So I'm going to just ask Michelle a couple of questions um, about, you know, her family experience. So she, you know, got the family. She got the mom and dad, you know, and, and I know that, Errol, your family was in Jamaica. So I know it was good to have, you know, um, you know, your wife's family. So, Michelle, um, what what most you enjoy about your family? You know, what 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 do you say most you enjoy about this being with your family? Um, you know, we, we're so blessed in that with and your family, you mean us four. Yes, yes. Because um, it's like with our boys, it's like usually whenever you have kids, you hear that, oh, boys are just so rambunctious. Like when you have a son, they're just going to be such a handful. You won't be able to control them. They're just off the wall, hyperactive and everything. And it's like, with both of our boys, we've always felt the total opposite. That I think they're a reflection of us and that we have very calm, just chill personalities. And both of them came out that way, where they're just so calm. They are very adaptable, where whether we're here at home or if we're in the hills in Jamaica, no AC, or just wherever we are, they adapt very easily. And they enjoy family as well. Like they enjoy being around them. Which as a parent, I feel very blessed to be able to say that because 
so often you find, you hear stories where, oh, oh my gosh, by the time your child is 10, they're not going to want to talk to you. They won't want to be around you or anything. And it's like, Errol and I just went to Jamaica a couple of weeks ago. And the boys were like, when are you coming back? We miss you. Like, they weren't that big on us going, you know, because we would be a problem. And it's like, that, you know, warms my heart, makes me feel good because it's like, okay, they actually like us. <laughs> you know, they like us. And, like, they're just so, they're so smart. They're so sweet. They're so respectful, not just to us, but to everyone. They're so caring to us, to, you know, their extended family, just to people in general. You know, All right. qualities are things that you pray that your children, you know, have. And we've been blessed where they do have those qualities. They exhibit those qualities. And, you know, every day I just always pray that for God to keep them those core values within them just as they grow up and to be men because as young black men in America, you always worry. You know, they go out for a job, I worry. They go and it's like, but knowing that they know how to conduct themselves, how to carry themselves, you know, whether they're with us or not, you know, gives some sort of comfort. You know, but they're they're Excellent, excellent. Love your answer. I'm going to move on to a little bit more in details, um, just to know a little bit more about you too as a person. So from an individual standpoint, so for you, you know, other than your family, just from a personal standpoint, what, 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 where do you draw your inspiration from? Like each day, you know, what motivates you to wake up in the morning? So now we're talking about Nike. I mean, you know, you have a long, outstanding um, relationship working for uh, such a top brand. Just tell us a little bit. We're going to touch a little bit about the sports. I know that, um, you know, the the, the, the feet, the male side of the, the jeans, you know, with all the running and stuff. And, uh, um, you know, we, we know that that all can't come from Errol. You know, um, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you might not know, but, you know, we just want to say, you know, just tell us a little bit about um, as an athlete, who, who's your favorite athlete that, that that you admire, you know, just like you like to watch? Um, you know, I would say my favorite outside of my children. Um, yeah. 
not necessarily a Nike athlete, but you know, definitely Bolt is a you know an athlete that I enjoy to watch. Um, Shelly Ann Fraser Price is another athlete that I think, and also Tanya Richard Cross prior to her retirement. Um, I enjoy watching her as well. All right. So um, yeah, all right. Good, great, great answers. So I'm not sure. I know that you probably did um, some form of athletics, um, maybe in high school. Um, you know, if I'm wrong, you could correct me. But um, if you was <laughs> if you were supposed to be an athlete, what would be your favorite event? Or you know, if you should do a sport, what would that be? So in high school, I was not, like you said that the boys got their athletic abilities from Errol, and I agree 1,000%. Um, but high school, I actually tried tennis. You know, I would play casually with my mom. Um, I wasn't best at it, so I didn't go very far. Um, but if I, if I could be an athlete now, I would definitely want to be a track athlete. You know, just okay. everything I've learned over the years. You know, with Errol and with the you know, I would definitely like to be a track athlete. I try now to keep up with them. I can at all, but you know, whenever they're out on the track, it motivates me to go out on the track and at least okay. go out and try and do a little something, try and stay in shape. All right, all right. Well, before we get to the boys, um, just tell us a little bit about this um, Dynamic Speed Track Club. Uh, what role do you play? And just tell us a little bit more about the club. So my role is um, loudspeaker. So I'm the cheerleader, the person that you always hear screaming in all the videos, um, videographer, um, you know, just team mom, just helping Errol with whatever he needs, you know, whether it's getting the water supplies, whatever, just helping him work out logistics of transportation to meets and you know, whatever it might be, and then making sure that the boys have what they need from, you know, the gear, you know, from a gear standpoint, and, you know. Well, it sounds to me that you're the most important person, and I'm the reason why I'm saying that, because we know I've been in sports, I've been in business, I know about support, you know, um, a lot of times you might think that the person that you see up front, that, you know, they actually doing a lot of the things, but it's the support that they have around them, you know, that that you know helps them and to say, look, you know, keep them on track. So we I just want to um, you know reward you and congratulate you that um, you know, for all the support that you've been doing for your family. You know, um it it, it doesn't matter um if it's um you know cheering and bringing the water and make sure you know they don't fit you know forget the socks or spikes you know and all these little things you know it just you know support is just you know working together as one it's just very awesome so before we get to dominic um you know we're going to start with dominic first so he could kind of you know start getting his mind together uh you know in terms of that so Michelle, I'm gonna ask you one more question, then we're gonna to get to the boys. Um, you know, I'm gonna let Ian start out with one of the boys. Um, so in terms of um, what you're doing now um, for yourself, um, in terms of the the club, you know, and we're gonna I'm gonna to talk to Errol a little bit about his business, 
Um, so what 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 do you see yourself doing now? You know, in five ten years, um, you know, do we are we seeing um, you know, uh, are we are we should expect to see um, you know, uh, <laughs> another little baby daughter, another junior boss, or you know. <laughs> And before I turn it over to you, I want to show one of um, Dominic Grace. We just want uh, the viewers just to see a little bit about who we getting ready to talk with. So um, this is going to show a little race of Dominic, and then um, Ian um, will um, get into the, the beginning of the, um, the interview for Dominic. Start on lane seven for Atkins. 13 14 boys for winter final. And Jefferson, big start in lane two. Jefferson makes a move. And Ward now in six, taking care of business in the backstretch. Jefferson continues to gain ground at two. So this is Ward and Jefferson's race right now. Keep an eye on Floyd, though, in five. A contender coming off the curb. Continuing strong one for Ward. And Biles hasn't really given any ground out in eight. Here comes Jefferson now in two. And now Fair gets into the picture. But Biles continues to lead. And Biles accelerates and wins. Dominic Biles, 50 05. Fair is second in 50 58. And Floyd is third. All right, guys. Oh, oh, Take okay, it on okay. <laughs> All right, Dominic. Um, so I was privileged to watch a few of your races, and the time that you're running, pretty impressive, I must say. So I want to give it up to you. I also want to give it up to the hard work that's been put in by mommy and daddy, the support team that you have there. You know, I know you don't even need to go outside of your family. You have a very good support team, as we can see. So. Before you even get into who is Dominic and where did you get, you know, that athletic ability from, we know where it is already. But you know, we have already talked to mommy. We have talked with daddy. So now I want you to give us your view of daddy and mommy. You know, as a son, I don't even want you to get into athletic as yet because you had to have mommy and daddy before you even see that track but i know they would have been an inspiration for you so could you just tell us a little bit about mommy and daddy what it is like to be 
you know, in a home with such amazing parents. And then just tell us a little about your track and field and where did it all start it? Okay? Okay. Well, beginning with living with my parents, it's, it's a pretty enjoyable experience for the most part because, you know, I think one thing I'll always remember is the stories they tell me from their childhood and from going to college and work experience. Like, my dad's story told you about his first day at practice. He's always related that to me anytime I had a hard day at workout. Because I'd go out there and I'd have my teammates out there and everything's good when you're running, everything's fine. But then, like, as soon as you finish the last rep, you're on your back, you feel everything And then, like, I'd say that the inspiration really comes from both of them just climbing the corporate ladder and my father being an entrepreneur as well. To, you know, make a lot of sacrifices to get where he is in business and then start the restaurant as well, which became a big part of my life. Nutrition, making eggs, making you know, honest and safe. Yeah, and, and in real estate, it's something that I hope to venture out into as well. And you always take me with him whenever he's going on deals or looking at properties. And he does that with a lot of Are you hearing? Are you hearing? Yeah. Well, Ian. No, I'm not hearing as well. He started Could out. You speak uh, a little Dominic. Yeah. Um, you know, Dominic, don't, don't, don't. You know, this is the one time where you could, you know, you could speak louder than your dad. You know, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you know you're alive right now. So we, you know, we want to make sure that, um, you know, we, you know, we got a lot of young viewers. We got a lot of. Um, you know, younger kids and stuff, you know, so we, we also, we want to hear your story and we want to be able to, um, it to, to resonate. So Dominic, just tell us a little bit about where do you go to high school and just tell us what event do you do and what's your personal best? Well, I go to high school in Lake Ridge. It's in Mansfield, Texas. And I say it's probably top school in the district to run in that's my opinion is kind of biased but still and when you go there the team I think first day I got there it was a little nerve-wracking because I hadn't been able to connect with them or anything I came into the track where the schedule was set up I had I had a different set of classes than the rest of the track kids for the first semester then the second semester I came into the class and they've already bonded and they know each other and they worked out together so I come in and they, they know of me from my middle school run. But when I get there, 
it's like they're all kind of expecting a lot from me and so I know that I have to kind of you know put my foot down and kind of let them know I'm not going to get bullied but you know just looking out respect for my elders and so going there and them kind of warming up to me was nice coaches were great coaches they made a lot of accommodations for you know my development and I think that that helped me even though it was short so far. My freshman career was short due to COVID. But my teammates, yeah, my teammates and everyone around me was a big help and they supported me a lot too. And I run, I actually run 100, 200, and 400, but I've only run 100, 200, and sprint relays in my high school career. Okay. All right, awesome, Dominic. So we see that you know you uh, you you already um you know mature enough um you know just to make sure that you're you're not gonna let um anybody come and um push you around. So we're glad that you're able to you know to to realize that look maturity is very important you know in, in life and you know just to know yourself is also important. So we're just so happy for that. So Dominic, just tell us when when did you exactly realize that you could run? I mean, I know that you was introduced, but when you think you could be, you thought to yourself, I'm I think I could do this and I could be good at it. You know, I'll tell you the exact race that I think that I realized I might want to take this a step further. And it was in sixth grade, we had only one school track meet, and it was the whole district that would come out. And I remember I think it was at Whole team, they were there, and I was kind of still because I was in sixth grade compared to the other fifth graders, and so I was kind of ready and prepared to show everyone that I was training and show everyone what I was doing. So it was before my four last race, and everything had been going well that day. I did well in the 200 and the 100. I came first in the 200 and second in the 100. I can't remember the time, but remember this four by four and as soon as the gun went off i'm thinking that everything's gonna be even I'm thinking everything's gonna be smooth everything good but it wasn't good it wasn't good because as soon as we take off i see my teammate start kind of lagging behind and so me i'm kind of an optimistic person so i don't really i don't really think anything of it from that point but then thanks second leg in the stick and third leg in the stick we're still in what fifth sixth place and the gap keep expanding and expanding and from my team to first place the ball 78 by the time i get the stick so i see my third leg coming in and he's dying legs wobbling and everything and i don't even try to pull him out or anything i just kind of stand still and take the stick from there and as i look at the competition i just kind of <laughs> but yeah, I go in and I run the turn and I'm kinda in lane two because I don't want to impede on and gotta spike anyone. But I go in and from when I get to the 300, I just hear somebody say my name. I don't know who, I don't know, it might have just been one person, but I hear them say my name and just give one boost of energy and I think that might have been the fastest run that I ever ran still to this day. Because from there, 80 meters behind, I was able to just drive sprints and 
in the end, I caught up to first place and he tried to give a little go because first and second place were right there. As soon as I got there, first place kind of shoots off. But in the end, I ended up catching up and opening up on him and I'll give him a minute first place. Okay. Awesome. 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 All right. Well, you know, it's always important to, you know, to, to remember when you first got that feeling, be like, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm think I'm able to do this thing and, you know, I'm enjoying it. So just, you know, that's good. You know, just remember that question because it's probably going to come back to you again, um, you know, in the future. Um, I also want to find out about, I'm going to ask you one more question. I'm going to turn it back over to Ian. So just let, just let for the viewers know, we got a lot of viewers right now that's listening um, and watching from Jamaica. So you, um, you know, we got the opportunity to travel to Jamaica, to, to, to go over to Jamaica and run against the Jamaican kids um, over there on their turf. Can you explain that to us? what was it like how did you feel when you go over to kingston jamaica and saying you're going to run against some of these guys that you already know that you heard about the results i'm pretty sure you heard that jamaica have some fast runners so and you heard about the pen relays and things like that what was the experience like to go down to jamaica and run over there well i'll tell you a story that kind of it kind of sums up how I felt going down there because when I went down there to the Campanile Classic where my father helped organize, he was taken to the heating area where I saw all the other kids and I saw class four, class three. And I kind of look around and I kind of see there's some kids that's around my height, my size. And I look at one and I said, okay, this is easy. I got this under control. And so it looks and it's, it looks where I'm looking and it's like, oh, Four. You're running with them. And so I look over and I see a man with a beard. I see a man with a family and a house. Those kids big. But man, in the end, I just, I just had to go out there and then just kind of start to prove myself. I won't say prove myself yet, but start to prove myself. Because the first time I went down there, I ran and I came fourth in the heat and I came seventh overall and I think that's probably better than some people expected me to do still but I wasn't happy enough yet and so I decided that I was going to keep training hard and then I came back the second year and this was 2018 I came and I tied first place in the 100 again and I think that felt pretty good even though it was a tie still it felt pretty good to have a gold medal, and I was happy to be some of the best. Uh, I think we all know that, you know, as competitive as it is here in Texas, when you go down to Jamaica, it's a whole other level of competition and spirit and support for the sport in general. All right. Well, Dominic, that's just one of those opportunities that's going to bless you in the long run. I'm going to turn you over to Ian. Um, you know, then I'll come back to you. All right, guys. First of all, I, I want to apologize uh, probably to my fans uh, and the viewers. Um, if you guys look in the background, you guys would see I'm actually at the cricket field. I am a cricketer, you know, and actually today this, this one catch me out on the field. So 
my battery is running low but i'm definitely gonna see if i get a charger and get to my car but before i even go i want to ask dominique this question and it's also gonna go over to your brother also when he's answering um dominique as a young athlete you know growing up you know whether it be at the beginning of your career or just a day ago i would really want to know um who gave you the best advice and what was that advice that uh, captivate you that basically energize you to say hey i'm good at this whether it be your sports or just being in school what's the best advice you have ever gotten and who did that advice came from well that's that's a loaded question because at all is <laughs> there's a lot of things that I remember but I think one thing that stands out was from Coach Bill whenever I was sitting with him uh, on February 2018 about the same day that camping on classic and we're having breakfast with him and we were originally planning not to run that day but we talked to him and he was telling us the story of both whenever you got to take him to a race where it was going to teach him you know just learning to lose before he learned to win and i think that the same thing happened to me and it's still happening to this day where you have to learn to lose before you learn to win so i think that that just kind of you know, just kind of what's the word just maybe less upside kind of resonate with you as you go through and it gives you kind of a perspective because it shows that it, it's not just about winning, it's about growth. And that becomes the focus instead of just winning, winning, winning. It's becoming better than you were last week, the day before, whatever it may be. Even when you lose. All right, thank you. And, uh, well said. And I, I don't want your little brother to fall asleep, you know. So, uh, Jordan, time time for you to come to the forefront, you know. I, I know Ian have a lot, a, lot of, a lot of questions here ready for you, but you're the youngest of the team, the Biles team, you know. As I can see, it's already a winning team. So, I, I would like you to tell the fans a little bit about Jordan, you know, in, in terms of you being an athlete and also the way you view mommy and daddy also because I know each each child is always different in some way and you know you could just say a little thing about mommy and daddy as a family there and also you, know, you get to talk, even talk about your, your big brother and how much he has influenced you yeah well in terms of living with my parents it's very nice and we all make jokes and it's all in the game, you know, and in terms of living with Dominic, he encourages me a lot, but he also picks on me a lot too, and you know, it's, it's like, Dominic was one of the most people that encouraged me to be an athlete, because, like, at first I didn't want to be an athlete, but I saw them working out there, and it just made me think that I could do this too. So, what, what is your, your, your main event that you do? Um, uh, 
the most events that I do is probably the 100 to 200. Okay. You're just as good as daddy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let you ask a question. I'm going to run and see if I get a charger from one of these guys here, all right? All right. All right. So give me one minute break, guys. Yeah. Hey. All right. Um, yeah. All right. Um, until Ian returns. So, Jordan, now, you definitely um, is the anchor for the family. And typically, um, I'm just going to tell you the secret. Typically, the little brother that's coming up after the big brother, they normally outshine the big brother. <laughs> you know, because... <laughs> What happened, you learn all the tricks and you see where you see you get to see how the things that he was doing that you could do better. And you know, you learn from some of these things that he wasn't able to do. And then next thing you know, you know, um, you use that and it just inspire you and you're just able to, to, to just flourish, you know. But um, with that said and then that's just a, a, a little tip. So just tell us a little bit, Jordan, about how old are you? And um, just let us know. Um, obviously, you're, you said you're a sprinter, but we just we just wanted to hear from you. Just tell us where do you go to school, and um, and then you know I got some more questions for you. I'm 12, and I go to school at Danny Jones Middle School, and you know it's in terms of being an athlete, it's fun, you know, but like sometimes if you get like beat they kind of like you have to have motivation for everything you do and you know it's I'm, I'm about to start school track too and it's gonna I, think, I hope it's gonna be very fun but I'm curious to see what they do with the whole moment okay all right jordan as i said i'm gonna make i'm gonna ask you some of the fun question you know we're gonna keep we're not gonna i want you to feel real good and i want you to enjoy and just smile and you know just just relax as much as possible you're at home so tell us a little bit about the covid situation what how how does that affected you since you wasn't able to like compete when you heard the news that school was gonna be closed and you go have to finish school at home. How did you feel about that, and how how did you um, was able to deal with that? It kind of made me sad because I couldn't see my friends in person, you know. But it's it was it wasn't too hard to adapt because we had the technology, and it took me it took me a little bit, but eventually I got the hang of all the online stuff. All right, all right, all right. So, other than track, can you just let me know what other sport you would do if you weren't doing track? You know, what's your second love, or you know, what's your favorite other sport? Um, I did basketball for a few years, but I stopped so I could mainly focus on track. But I still do it for fun, and you know, sometimes I said the family will play soccer together. That's all right awesome awesome another question for you you might not think about this but how do you, when you got a big competition coming up 
how do you prepare? What do you do the night before? How do you prepare for a, a race? Um, do you have any? Um, just tell us what a, a day before competition. And you could just tell me. Um, yeah, just tell me about the before competition because I have another question in terms of how you know how like do you prepare for a race from a mental standpoint? What do you think about uh, when you're going into a race? I usually think like it's it's like it like I usually listen to a lot of music so I can get my head in like a confident space and you have to think like I usually think all of my past races and like I can do this and I'm gonna be the best. Okay, so you pretty much talk to yourself that you be able to do it. Um, you know what you have learned in practice. You know, you try to uh, visualize it in your head. Um, oh, oh, how do you, are you, a, uh, do you get very nervous before a race or are you just calm? I mean, what is it like, um, you know, before you get in the starting blocks? Before I get in the starting blocks, I'm very nervous. Like, my legs feel like jelly. It's just feel like a mess. But as soon as the gun goes off, it's like my brain just goes into focus mode just to complete the race and do the best that I can. All right, all right, all right. So good, good, good answer. So I, I know you haven't been over to Jamaica. Have you? I know you probably haven't been over to Jamaica to run yet, but I know um, eventually that will happen. Are you looking forward to going to Jamaica or, um, you know, you just kind of just take it day by day? Um, I'm looking forward to it because I would have run last year, but my knee got injured. So I'm hopefully next year I can run. I'm, it's gonna be a real challenge, so I'm gonna have to train extra hard. But I'm excited. Okay. All right. So can you can you tell me what's your um, to date? What's your favorite race that you remember that you ran that you was like, man, I just happy the way I execute that race. You know. It might come as a surprise because in the race I got second, but there was this there was this big dude, you know, he was pretty much a mine in my race, and it was a meet that I wasn't planning to run at, but everyone convinced me to do it, and you know I just executed the race very well. I ran the turn very hard, and I just straight away used all the energy I could. Even though I wasn't able to catch him, I was I was a few meters behind. Him. Okay, okay, okay. So, any possibility of running the herders, or are you just gonna stick with the sprints? I think I'm just gonna stick with the sprints. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> all right, all right, John. So, I'm I'm really um happy that you're able to share some of it. So. What who is your favorite athlete right now um, in track and field and and in and just tell me about um, <laughs> well let me hear your answer first. <laughs> um, my favorite athlete that's running right now is probably Noah Lyles or Johan Blake because Noah Lyles I like his personality like he'll dance before and after the race and he's just a very he seems like a very fun person and Johan Blake he's just he's 
a legend, you know. And it's just, it was very fun when I got to meet him too. And he just seems like a very cool person. All right, awesome. So it, it, just really happy to hear you and just to tell me the reason why, you know, you choose that athlete, you know, really mean a lot. So we're going to switch over to um, Dominic. Um, we want to hear about, uh, and actually, Jordan, just tell me first, um, outside of track and field, um, who is your best uh, sports team? What team do you cheer for in football? Well, I don't really watch football that much. Okay, okay. I watch I watch more basketball. Okay. I usually root for the Lakers. The Lakers? Okay, 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 okay. All right, well let's say good good team, good choice. Um, you know, good good team. Just always wanna figure out um what type of how what you think about um so uh, when you're not doing track or you're not training, what do you like to do in your spare time? That's for Jordan. Um, I like to play games with either my friends or Dominic. And I like to watch movies and go to the pool and just hang out. Okay, okay, okay. So, so Jordan, any possibility when you think you might be able to, um, and, and don't be scared of your dad, any possibility when you think you might be able to, to beat him on the track in the 100 meter? Well, how many years How many years you giving him? Maybe, <laughs> maybe about one or two. You okay. know, I can't get in the 60 because I can't. <laughs> but the 100, that's going to be more of a challenge. So I'll have to train more. Okay. So you think you'll get him in the longer distance, or, you know, um, I know you can. So not because I asked you, I am rooting for you. <laughs> You know, um, I I believe that you could get him if you if you tell yourself that you could get him this year. I believe you can. You just have to set that goal, and I believe you get him. But you know, uh, you know, but don't focus too much on him. But you know, uh, I know that. Um, yeah, he's. Um, you know, I seen him on the track, and I seen him. You know, playing around sometimes. So you know, you got to surprise him one of these days. <laughs> Yeah, the one, yeah the, he, he thinks he can beat me, but every year we have, we generally have a race at the end of the season where I race against both of them. And uh, unfortunately, last year, uh, I had a little bit of mishap, and this guy kind of got out on me, and, and he beat me, and then this guy, he tried. And uh, I'm pretty sure I got him right on the line, but he keeps thinking that he won, so I'm gonna let him have it this year. And I'm getting ready for uh, September 13th, my birthday. We're gonna have another little showdown. So we'll see, I'll send you videos of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys, so I like that uh, competitiveness. I like that, um, you know, you guys doing this all for the fun and games, um, you know. Um, you know, I know for every kid, I mean, you know, I, I have a daughter and, um, you know, she, we play dominoes together. Um, she doesn't do any sports, so we play games. And um, she just still trying to beat me in one game in the dominoes, <laughs> you know. And um, so it's always, you know, they have a different motivation, and you know, but it's always good. So back back to um, Dominic, um, you know, Dominic. So I want you to tell us about 
you have actually has been on the, the national scene. Um, you know, you've been in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I'm in North Carolina. I've been over North Carolina A&T for many, many occasions. And so just traveling down here to North Carolina, how was the experience, you know, to come to Greensboro and just to run against the best athlete in the U.S.? We know we talk about Jamaica, but we know that um, U.S. Is, is good. They have great athletes just like Jamaica, you know, when it comes down to sprinting. So just tell us a little bit about how was that experience um, traveling to North Carolina A&T and around the 400, um, you know, just that race to me was, uh, you know, you know, I know that race got to give you a lot of confidence knowing that, um, you know, you was in lane eight, you just ran your own race. Tell us what was going through your mind. I mean, you know, did you believe you was going to win? Or, you know, are you, are you just, it just happened. Just tell us a little bit about that race when you came down. Well, with the race, I think that I wouldn't say that I was certain I was going to win. I would say that I was going in there definitely with the goal to win. And I I, would, I had a latest focus on getting to that line first. And going into the race, I had the slowest time out of the heats. While I was in lane eight. And when you're in lane eight, the thing is, you can see everyone else whenever they're getting close to you or when they pass you, especially on the curve. So I go out, I go out, and I wasn't a strong starter back then, so I kind of just step out of the blocks and I get on to the first straight, and it's okay. I hear the announcers and I see other people kind of coming up on me on the side, but it was really on the second curve whenever I see Dylan Sampson. A really big dude, way taller than me, and he's just like a giant on the track. And so I see him kind of, you know, just hobbling, just past me. And I see him, and I'm like, no, I can't let him get me because I think he finished one place in front of me on the 200. And so from there, I just kind of kick it into another gear and start turning over my legs and try to relax my arms a little bit. And I come off for the second turn. And I'm in the last straight and I look around and it's like, wow, I'm really in this race. I can really take this home. So I just, it was everything that I had and I just pushed through, got through the line. And I saw my dad running down through the stands, he was yelling and crying, beating his chest and stuff, pushing past people. I was worried for the crowd, to be honest. But that was a really memorable experience. Okay. 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 So, so Dominic, now that you, you know, you want to race that really truly that, uh, out, you know, you, you went in the race to win it, but can you just tell us what's the feeling like? I know, you know, I have, I have different feeling. I noticed after the race, you was trying to, um, you know, congratulate your competitors. Um, you know, um, I didn't see any uh, emotion or any big celebration. I know you're young. Tell us what we're going through your mind after you cross the finishing line. Man, I was really just, I was shocked. Like, I knew I could do it, but I didn't know I was going to do it. You know, and then, like, every race, I was trying to congratulate my um, competitors, because no matter what, it moves or draw. And I try to do that still, even though, you know, some of them not taking it too well, or some of them will take it well. I wasn't really thinking about a celebration. I don't know why. Just it's not something that I really got into until maybe recently. I think 
It was originally in 2019. It was in Fort Worth, and that was the first kind of celebration that I did. I ran through the lines and I had my arms out. And but 400, I never really that 400. I don't know. I never really did any type of huge celebration or finishing show. It was a great feeling still, don't get me wrong. I was ecstatic to win. All right. Well, that's awesome. As I said, um, you know, it's all about just enjoying yourself. I mean, you you a young runner. You heard your, your brother Jordan. He's all excited about these. Um, he liked the energy that Noah lies bring. Um, you know, you know, we know that um obviously Usain Bolt, he bring a lot of um energy before he runs. But everybody got their own pre-race, you know, um, you know, strategy that they use and it, Anything that you feel comfortable doing, just do just be yourself, you know. Um, you know, don't try to be anybody else. Just be yourself and you know it, it you'll find yourself at peace, you know, um, with whatever decision you make um before the race, you know, and after the race. Because again, once you're being a good sportsman, you know, that that's all that matter. So um Dominic, tell us a little bit now about Who's your favorite athlete and why? Why is that? Well, my favorite athlete is that's really hard between Well, one of them, just you know, uh, you know, or you could give more than one if you want. <laughs> okay, I'll give you um my top three in no particular order is probably Johan Blake, Noah Lyles, and Saint Paul. Because, like, okay. with the work ethic and the mindset that he has on and off the track, I feel like, you know, in life and on the track, too. And we were saying, well, him just being a relaxed kind of guy and a showman, because, well, I look up to that and I aspire to get to that level, too. And then with Noah Lyles, him being a younger guy and him coming from, he's coming from America, too. But he's also, he takes from Usain Bolt too. I was watching an interview where he was saying that as much as he respects Usain Bolt and everyone else in track, you can't put anyone else on a pedestal because if you put them on a pedestal, then you'll mentally believe that you can't pass them. And so as much as you respect your favorite athletes and other competitors, you can never put them above yourself or above anyone else. Because that can create a mental block. All right, excellent, excellent, excellent. So I'm going to ask you these two questions, one for Dominic, one for John. It's the same question. Um, you could answer um, simultaneously. So just tell me if you should be, um, you know, I want to say that, how would you celebrate? What would you do if you, you know, find yourself um, becoming an Olympic champion one day? Um, how would you, what, what, tell us how would you celebrate or what would you do? I want to find out, um, you know, um, just, just to see, you know, um, what, you do what would make you happy other than just running on the track how would you celebrate um being um 
you know, um, accomplishing one of the goals that you set, you know, as a high standard? Well, immediately after the race, as soon as I crossed the line, I think I'd probably congratulate my competitors right next to me and I'd probably just do, you know, a little half lap around the track or maybe a full lap and just kind of, you know, go by and say to everyone in the stand, but celebrating afterwards, I don't know, I'm not really like a party person too, like with crowds, but I probably have a little party too. You know? and I wanna be with the two. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Achieving a goal like that deserves, you know, some pizza, some wings. Okay, 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 okay. I'm sure mom and dad hearing this right now, so you know, you know, they know how how what they'll do for you, you know, um, you know, pizza and wings, you know, and um, you know, you like a, a, a private party, you know. So I want to hear Jordan what he has to say regarding that because you know he you know he already said that um he liked the 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 the, the he likes some form of entertainment before the race he admired you know um uh, you know the, the the little dance so tell me a little bit about it jordan um after like in terms of after i would win i yeah. probably i probably just be so excited i'll just i'll just scream everything out i guess just be so happy and like Dominic said I'll take maybe a half lap and you know I would just be really excited okay okay so what you do um what would you do the next day if you have you know if, if this was in your world <laughs> um I'd probably call a lot of people and ask them just how they're doing and just feel like a million bucks I think. all right all right all right all right all right guys so i'm gonna touch base um since i'm a join so jordan at if if you already decide where do you see yourself what what other than track from a career standpoint do you have any idea of what you'd want to um focus on you know when you go to college oh you know i'm not really sure yet I've thought about doing real estate like my dad, but I'm not fully sure okay. what I want. Okay, that's that's okay. Um, Dominic, any any idea of what you you know any interests or anything popping in in your mind that what you really would want to do um, or study to become you know at any point um, as yet? Yeah, more recently I've put some thought into it and I've. I've kind of come across being a real estate agent, you know, getting okay. into the way that would be something I'm looking forward to. I know it's, it's hard work getting the license, especially in Texas. And I think that, that would just help me a lot being, a, being someone that's into real estate, building capital to start investing myself. And if not that, then something in my hands, I think. Okay. Okay. So you're looking at being an entrepreneur. There's a lot of um, career opportunities, not just in the um, being a real estate agent, but once you get a little bit um, 
deeper into the career thing, you'll see that um, you actually could get um, a degree into um, the you know um, real estate, uh, not necessarily being an agent, but there's a lot of additional things that you can do um, in terms of that. So that that's awesome. So just just to say that um, I'm really happy about this interview today. Um, you know, I really think that you did really good. You know, and um, you know, so just, just, just again before we close through, um, Dominic, what, what do you see yourself? Um, how far do you see yourself go in track? What's your goal? What would you like to accomplish um, in track and field? Well, I say I definitely. The main goals that I have are definitely winning Olympic gold medal, multiple if possible winning world championships and yeah, closer to now that's closer to where I am right now I'm hoping to win the world juniors world youth birthday games those are my goals for my high school and collegiate year alright yeah we just want to we want to get it on record so you know you might hear this question a lot a lot but we just want to get it on record because um, we're going to have this videotape and your mom and dad are going to have it. And we want to look back on this thing 15, 20 years from now, you know, um, when you were sitting down doing this interview that you said that, look, you would love to be an Olympic champion, you know, um, you know, um, you know, in, in your event. Um, Jordan, um, any hopes uh, at the moment? Um, about um you know where do you see yourself um in track and field you know you know in the collegiate level or so on um i'd like to you know keep doing track and win a lot of the win a lot of the like um yeah development needs and you know if they decide to do the Next year, I want to make it because I almost made it last year, and hopefully win. But you know, in terms of any of our future, I want to break the record, and you know, I just want to be the best. Okay, 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 okay. All right, well, awesome. So we're gonna we're gonna touch, um, you know, um, a little bit more. Um, I think. Um, you know, um, I just saw Ian comment here. I don't know if, I don't think he's coming back, but he's, he's, he's probably on his way home. So guys, we really appreciate the, 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 the interview. Um, I'm gonna ask one final question for, um, for everyone. And um, we will, um, you know, just, you know, we're gonna close it out with uh, one of the, another video um, that at the end of the program that we also wanna feature. So Errol Baz, just want to say you're doing a great job with your sons. Um, you know, I know that for a guy that been through the high school level, you know, um, the college level, um, and I know that um, if it wasn't through injuries, you know, after the 1996, you know, um, you know, you would have gone on to still running um, on the senior level for Jamaica. Um, you know, but you run against, you know, as I said, likes 
like Mitchell Francis, who was a NCAA champion um, for Clemson. And, um, you know, and obviously, as I said, um, I, I didn't realize that you was a, a, a sprint hurdler also. Um, you know, I just know that, um, you know, I hear about Errol Bass firstly from my one of my teammates. Her name was Winsome Cole, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, when we used to train together and I used to learn about the event, you know, there was I was told that Bass was the man to beat. You know, so uh, you know, so you you know you you we talked about you. Um, you know, while we was at Stets, we looked on the guys: Errol Bars, Mitchell Francis, um, Winston Sinclair. Uh, you know, um, um, got a guy from Terence McRae. Um, I did a lot of reading on all the guys that was doing ahead of me. Um, I'm sure you compete with Dinsdale Morgan. Um, you know, um, who was ahead of me, you know, who mentored me well before he left school. So we just want to say, so Errol Baz, what advice would you have to give to some of the youngsters right now that, you know, they're in high school right now. They're thinking about, they don't know what to do. You know, they don't know if they should stay um, and train at home. They should go to college. Uh, what advice would you give to you know uh, a youngster right now about how should they make uh, you know what what direction how should they make a decision in terms of um, the next step in the career after high school? All right. Well, uh, thanks again for having us. I appreciate it very much. And you mentioned some great names there uh, in the past that have competed against very awesome, uh, Dinsdale Morgan, Winston Sinclair. Winston Sinclair is actually here in Texas. His daughter swims, um, stay in contact uh, quite a bit. Uh, but in terms of your question, in terms of what direction to go, I, I always say you can't go wrong with education. Um, you, you remove somewhat of the ceiling if you are able to get yourself yourself in a position to attend a college or university, whether it be a junior college or and then transition to a four-year college, uh, either one gives you a great opportunity to transition yourself. I think it, it depends on the individual overall in terms of their level of performance coming out of high school. Because if you have a high school kid coming out running um, low 20 points, 10.1 or so, quite honestly, I would say if there's an opportunity to go pro, absolutely do it. And But don't neglect the educational side. If you're going to go pro, then plan on putting yourself through college because you can pay for college uh, while you're running or competing and still be successful at both. But if you're still running um, standard times, which colleges and universities do not run in pro level times, then be smart about it. Go to university, get your education, and then put yourself in a position to continue to develop and grow, and then compete on a professional level after college. So, so the main thing is really make sure that you're taking care of your academics, you're focusing on what it takes to get to a Division I university or Division II or Division as the case may be, um, you're looking at what the entry standards are, what are the SAT requirements, and 
you're putting yourself in position to take those so that at the end of running in your high school career, you can make a decision to go, I'm going to go to a university of my choice or I'm going to go pro. So having options, multiple options is what is going to make you successful at the end of the day. Don't restrict yourself to just one uh, path or one way of thinking in terms of what you're going to do after high school. So explore all the options. Don't just put your eggs in one basket and say, I'm just going to go pro. Certainly position yourself with the academics so that you can go whichever way you choose. All right. Awesome. Awesome, guys. So, yep, always assess your situation. Um, you know, I, I hear it over and over about, you know, making the right decision that could determine, um, you know, your 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 career, you know, in terms of if it's time to go pro or if it's time to go to college, you know, or, you know, if you're not sure about the option, but it's always good to have a, um, a mentor, you know, to, to advise you. So, Michelle, um, final question for you. Um, just want to know, um, just tell us what you want for your sons. What definitely you really aspire for your boys, you know, to, to be, um, you know, as a mom. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. All right, Dominic, we're gonna um, wind down to you, you know, just to give us any final thoughts about, um, you know, just tell us about how do you prepare for uh, your, your big race? Uh, you know, what do you do like 24 hours before your race? Uh, you know, because it's we know that it's important about, um, you know, the, the things that you do we can't just um, get on a race day. So just tell us what do you do, and then after that, I just want you to just uh, just just say a, a little word of encouragement to any you know teens teens that's watching the program right now. Any word of encouragement because we believe that you um, are you know on the right track. We believe that you are moving up the ranks. And we believe that you're going to continue to grow and get stronger. So just tell us a little bit about how do you prepare for race and then any final advice for any young listeners out there? How, how would you encourage them not, you know, to, 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 to choose good choice and make you know, good influence for others? Well, the day before the race, it's not really nothing too special. I just try to get a lot of sleep. But the day of the race, I wake up and I make sure that I pray and then I make sure I have everything in my bag and I'm usually listening to music and I listen to my favorite song. Everyone knows my favorite song. Everyone in the house knows. And it's Touch the Sky my future. On the drive, when I'm walking up, I have a whole playlist too, but I like that song. I like to hear that song before the race. And 
I usually try and just, I try to relax and just do a break on this because I usually can't eat anything too close to the race because I get thorough. And then when I get like in the warm up area, heating area, and on the line, I usually try to stay relaxed. I'll talk to some of the competitors if I know them, like during summer track or school track, I'll still try. I might make a little bit of conversation as it gets to like bigger meets, higher stakes meets, and more focused and you're not really making too much conversation with other people. But I usually try and just stay relaxed because it makes you run better. Kind of like okay. Any any final advice for any young 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 viewers? Uh, if you was in the position, you know, you're in the position. I'm giving you that now. That what would you tell some of you know some of the younger athletes that's coming up? Um, you know, that's trying to you know trying to be like you right now. I would tell them that more important than motivation is discipline because motivation is gonna come and go. You're not gonna feel motivated to work out someday. right thing but you just have to have discipline to go out there put your best on the track and work out for the meet and have the discipline to eat what you're supposed to be eating and do what you're supposed to be doing because in the end that's what's going to make you better all right so jordan um it's you now um we want to find out i want to find out um what do you What's your favorite meal that you love to eat the night before your race? And um, what what's the day of your race? You know, how do you um, how much do you eat? What do you what do you consume? How do you think you do? You, do you just um, do you just eat whatever you have, or you have a routine of things that you you eat? You know, we we know how important nutrition is. So I I know that. Your parents, um, you know, being with the background history, they must have um, tell you about, uh, give you some tips. Yeah, usually the night before the race, sometimes different stuff, but I like to eat like maybe ribs or pizza. And usually, well, usually the day of the race, I, I try to eat as much as I can, but I just feel so nervous. I just drink a lot of water. Usually after the race, everything's calmed down. I just drink Okay, okay, okay. All right, um, Jordan. Um, great answer. We just want to wish you um, all the best. Um, we know that 2020 um, was 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 cut short, and um, but we believe that um, you know you got many many great years ahead. You know, so just continue to work, um, you know, um, what you could do on your uh, while you're at home. And I'm sure you're going to start school back um, if you're not already started, um, you know, soon. So we just want to wish you, I want to tell you that continue to train and work hard. You know, just continue to, you know, stick with it because um, the opportunity is there and you're probably not sure or not realizing that, um, you know, opportunity. Once you apply yourself, you know the the door is 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 just unbelievable. So, I just want to encourage you, as a former Olympian, um, you know, don't talk much about my track experience, but just want to say that uh, I admire what you guys are doing, and um, you know, just continue to to inspire, and you know, continue to 
build a great legacy um, for yourself and your family. So with that said and done, guys, I was very happy again for the program. Um, any any final words? Uh, yeah, if I may add real quick, I'll let that one. I just want to say thank you again for allowing us to be here and you know congratulations on all your accomplishments and uh, happy belated birthday to your wife I think you celebrated her birthday this week and uh, yeah. say happy birthday to Coach Mills also he had a birthday this week so yeah. Yeah. enough respect yeah. enough love and uh, hey thank you man much love much respect thank you again alright so we're gonna we're gonna find we're gonna uh, Dominic have something to say say thank you for you know looking out for us and choosing us to come be on the show this week is on and I really appreciate it. Yeah yeah no problem Dominic as I said we we I we being a former athlete as I said I, I could tell you that um I was so happy because this is just the beginning of, of what's to come you know um it's so important to be able to um you know able to, to talk in front of the camera because you know you know being an athlete is also you gotta able to to, to to market yourself and to have a certain way of, of speaking and 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 you know so people when people get to know you your your value will double more than your athlete you know just your running it's not about just running on the track so I believe that um you're on the right track um you know you speak very well speak very confident. And um, I, this is just, as I said, this is just the beginning of what to come. Um, you're going to be doing many, many interviews. Um, and then, you know, you're going to get some questions that you like and some not that you don't. So you got to able to answer them um, respectfully in, in, in other ways. So I just thought that it was great. And, you know, with Jordan, we believe that you're sitting uh, as a bigger brother you know, um, your, your your younger brother is watching you, so it's also important to to pave the way for him. You know that um, you know, because I guarantee you that you guys gonna be at some point you might be running together. Because if you see the Lies brothers, they're you know they're only a couple of years apart. <laughs> you know, um, but they're racing together right now. So it's just a matter of time. In six years, I mean, you know, both of you guys just you know. <laughs> Could be running together, you know. Senior at Lakeridge, Jordan will be a freshman, so very likely that, like you said, in three years' time, they'll be competing against each other. So yeah, it'll be yeah. a watch. So yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's all. That's always a blessing. So again, I want to say that um, you know, that um, you know, the Lord blessing keep your family together. Um, you know, and just remember that, uh, you know, all things are possible to the Lord. <laughs> and um, all right. so I'm going to play this video. Um, it's a two minutes video that we're going to play to, um, to close the program um, out um, of, um, of them. Of the get out, get out, get out, get out, get
Final heat underway for the 200 meter. Allen is very little, 100 meters remaining. Catch it. Come on, Donald. Come on, Donald. Yes, Donald. Come on, Donald. Last serve. guys